You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage, our money, and the stuff that matters. What's kicking, little chicken? (laughs) So we had another episode recorded, and then the election happened. We've been feeling all the feelings, and it's been the biggest thing happening in our life lately. So we are going to take this episode um, to share some of our thoughts and how we're processing the new president-elect of the United States. So first, I wanted to... um, like kind of go back and let's walk through how we spent kind of like election day, election evening, like watching returns, kind of what stands out to us now from from that day and evening, which I think is now going to be, we thought it was going to be historic in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, just kind of what you think is already standing out to you. Yeah. And, and I think it's probably worth noting at the outset that this definitely comes from a left-leaning perspective. Yes. We but- both voted for Hillary. But anyone who's right of center, even far right of center, hang on, because there's going to be interesting thoughts throughout this whole thing. And I think that, I mean, we always, we're we're sharing our personal experience on the show. Mm -hmm. And so, but we are talking about a topic and topics that people feel have very strong feelings about and are very Mm -hmm. impassioned about. So, Mm -hmm. um we are going to be speaking as kindly, I hope, about most people. But anyway, our intention is is not to try to rile anyone up. Um, we really are just this is a very big thing that's happened in our life and um, just across the country. And so, yeah. And if there's even if there's if we say things that people feel opposition to, we're totally happy to hear. We're not we're not uh, entrenched in such a way that we can't hear. We, in fact, we want to hear other people's perspectives and things. But we're just going to kind of fe- re- describe how we feel mm-hmm. and and the things that we went to, just because it was such a significant, regardless of where you stand, such a significant event mm-hmm. in American history. Really, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that night was an interesting night. So we were our place that we were coming from was we were extremely excited that mm-hmm. we were we thought electing the first female president. So that yeah. was just really a big deal to us. In fact, after we voted, um, we brought the kids with us cause we love taking them to go vote so that mm-hmm. they learn. Um, we went out for a treat afterwards and I remember saying to myself or say, actually saying to the family, I feel like I'm breathing new air. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. I was so excited to vote for Hillary. I, I just really love all the things that she's worked towards her whole um, political public service career. And just when I woke up on election morning, I felt giddy as if it was Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt so excited. I took the day off from work because I knew I was going to be so excited and so distracted. And I just, I knew it was just going to be a day where I didn't want to even pretend to work. Mm-hmm. So I had planned that in advance and just voting for the first woman president it is something that is historic, whether you're a man or a woman, but there's something about it that I do feel that men can't fully understand. Mm-hmm. It just, 
when you, in school, you see pictures and you learn about all the presidents. They're all white men, mm-hmm. you know, until most recently. And you just kind of take it as a given that mm-hmm. that's just who the president is. Like, this is what a president looks like. And yeah. so I just, I really felt so emotional and so proud to cast my vote for Hillary. Even just seeing her name on the ballot made me feel emotional when I turned in my ballot. And it's just like, this is my democratic right that I am exercising. I felt just so proud and just thinking, I really, I did. I thought of just all that had come before it, mm-hmm. both in our country, uh, women's rights movements. Anyway, it just, it felt very historic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so fast forward to that evening mm-hmm. and we went to some friend's house. We got a babysitter first got, of yep, all. Got a babysitter. Yeah. Went over to some friend's house. And, first we went uh, to dinner though. Oh yeah. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went to dinner and, um, that's where we first started watching election returns. Yeah. And there was nothing, um, super surprising. There were states that Donald Trump started winning, but none of them were surprising because they were, well, he was expected to win them. I, but I feel like initial returns were like coming in from Florida mm-hmm. and already he was up, but it was still early. So we weren't nervous, but it was just kind of like not what we wanted to see. Yeah. But it was still like still way early, but obviously you want to kind of be seeing your candidate pulling ahead pretty quickly. Right. And he was winning states like Indiana and other places and was like, okay, that's, that's where he's going to win, you know? But yeah, so we weren't really thinking much. We were still kind of in pre-celebratory mood. Uh, Then went to our friend's house and sat down with some drinks and some snacks. And and that's when it really just started going. And we both had our computers, right? Didn't you too? Or was it just me? I I brought my computer because I knew I would want to be looking at 538 New York Times, like (laughs) Twitter. I would just want to (laughs) be, we were watching television. I just wanted as much information as possible. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually, I've been so calm and optimistic yes. up through that night. But then all of a sudden I was just getting nervous and I just didn't want, I wanted to limit the information yeah, for myself just because right. I was nervous. And then as things started looking, not going in the way of, of Hillary, then I started getting really nervous. And then as it became clear that this was going to be super close and not even, even eventually like in remotely Hillary's favor, mm-hmm. um, I just started to shut down. If I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted oh, to go really? home. I was, really? yeah, I was just, I just, cause I felt awful, mm-hmm. sick to my stomach. Like I was going to cry and mm-hmm. I just didn't even want to be there. Mm-hmm. I was, I couldn't wait to leave. <laughs> yeah. We left, um, by our time Pacific time. No, now we're on mountain time. It's super confusing guys because Arizona doesn't do daylight savings. So <laughs> half the year we're on Pacific time and the other half of the year we're on mountain time. So we just got back onto mountain time. So mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. it was like nine, nine thirty our time, whatever time zone that is. And um, it was to the point where they said her last hope would be if she could win Arizona. And we were like, guys, don't leave it to us. <laughs> like, I mean, we're going to try, but please don't leave it to Arizona, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. And so it was just, I mean, it was like, I couldn't, I, I was hopeful. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe she can, because I honestly could not consider, conceive of the alternative. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so so we eventually left and it was definitely not looking at all in Hillary's favor. Um, but there were still plenty of states that were too close to call quote unquote, like Michigan. Oh, that's right. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, she had maybe just won Virginia, one of the few Mm -hmm. blue states basically, um, as we left Mm -hmm. and we came home and I, I was just feeling so sick and I felt like the writing was probably on the wall at this point. I just wanted to shut it down Mm -hmm. and I went to bed even though I didn't sleep at all. But you stayed up. 
Yeah, I stayed up. I just, I I couldn't, I couldn't not watch. So I got my computer. I was watching just like live stream of, I think, CNN um, in the front room, just watching, flipping through my tabs. And the other thing was, as I think most people who are following the election, if you're following any of these polling websites, 538, you know, New York Times had tons of different predictions and polls and whatever up. Everyone was showing Hillary has like an 80 something percent chance to win. Mm, yeah. And, and so it w- we were still, we went into it thinking like, I think most people did, it's going to be close, but she's going to, she's going to pull it out in the end, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And so, but as the election returns started coming in, suddenly those poll numbers just plummeted. Mm-hmm. And that was so sickening. Like these numbers that have been giving me hope whenever I would see things, you know, that were saying that he was doing better. I would just go to 538 and it was like my happy place. And I was like, (laughs) nope, but look at these numbers. Mm -hmm. This is where the science is. And so as those numbers plummeted and then flipped, I mean, it was just, I was in disbelief. So I stayed up. I stayed up to watch it. It was like one one thirty our time. Mm-hmm. I just I felt sick. I felt physically sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I started crying then. Probably you came out to check because I think you probably knew it had gotten late. Or I mean, I'm not sure. I, I just I was tossing and turning the whole time. I really couldn't shut my mind down, so I never really fell asleep. Yeah. And then yeah, I just got up just because it was. I figured it was probably time. And then you let me know that Trump won. Yeah. I just cried. Yeah. And I felt totally, totally sick to my stomach. Let's talk about why. Yeah. Let's talk about why. Uh, Because I never would have expected I would cry over mm -hmm. an election. Maybe some emotional happy tears Mm -hmm. when Hillary won. Yeah. But I cried. I felt I felt devastated that night and into the next day. I took a sick day from work. Um. I felt devastated as if like you had left me or something. I mean, like Mm -hmm. viscerally Mm -hmm. in in a way I I never would have expected, but just, I mean, bleak. Yeah. Really? Same here. Um, And I felt the same way. So I felt terrible, I think, for maybe three major reasons. One, I think is slightly irrational. One is Trump's had a lot of rhetoric about, you know, NATO being obsolete and um, seeming flippant about use of nuclear weapons mm-hmm. and, you know, torture and th- things mm-hmm. that are like criminal in nature and, and like scary for f- foreign for, like, relations. like security. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe, even though it's kind of crazy to be like, okay, these are the things he says, but he's not going to do that stuff. You mm-hmm. know, you have to go on what somebody says. But I do actually think that all of that will be moderated out of existence with the advisors that he may pick. And then even a fully Republican Congress is, is not going to stand, I think for torture and use of nuclear weapons randomly. And yeah, obviously that kind of stuff. So that, that kind of, that was just an initial reaction based mm-hmm. on what he said, but two other things um, that, that still upset me um, that he's president elect. First, I just, he's Trump, the man, regardless of the change anyone thinks he may bring. And if he does it great, um, or any policy stances he may have that people support, regardless of all that, Trump the individual is not fitting mm-hmm. of the rank of president. Mm-hmm. 
It's because of the things he says and the way he acts and a, and a reality star that talks about women the way he did and talks about minorities the way he has and, and, and in, a, in an ignorant disregard. I don't actually think he's racist intentionally and I don't think he's actually misogynist intentionally. I think he's, I frankly think just given his demeanor, the way he speaks, his language and everything, I think he's just ignorant and just kind of says stuff without thinking through its its impact on people and minorities um, and but that do, kind do of person. You, but do you think he like feels like he's above it? Like he doesn't have to obey those, you know, like quote unquote, like laws, laws, decorum. I almost feel like saying that he's ignorant of it, like gives him this a pass in a way. Like, I don't oh, think yeah. that's what you, I don't know if that's, I don't think that's what you're meaning, mm-hmm. but just there's something about it. Like it doesn't put all the blame squarely on him. Like, I do think he knows what he does. Like that stuff is wrong and he just refuses to acknowledge yeah, it. Yeah. It's not giving him a pass. Um, if you're ignorant of something, it doesn't mean you're, you're not culpable. He, he has to know what he has done is wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he could be enough of a megalomaniac that no, it doesn't feel wrong to him. Like he's cause he says things that people resonate with, you know? So I, I, I'm not sure, and who knows, okay. because we don't Whatever know Trump. it is, <laughs> the things that he's done and said are terrible. Yeah, but I'm equal opportunity with this. I also think Bill Clinton made himself unfitting of the office when mm-hmm. he did what he did in the Oval Office. Yeah. And I also think presidents who cheat, and there have been many of them, mm-hmm. I think are not the type of individual that is deserving to be... Even if they were good presidents and instituted good policies, I think they're bad people, and they're not the role model I would put up. John F. Kennedy is not a role model for our kids. Bill Clinton's not a role model for our kids. Trump totally is not a role model for our kids. Mm-hmm. So that's, I want the president to be individually a role model for our kids. That means mm-hmm. high integrity. Um, uh, people I'm sure will disagree, but I think Obama is exactly, I would want my kids to be just like Obama. Good family, no controversies in his individual life, whether you agree or not with his policy. He's a man, I could say, that's the kind of guy. He's cool. He's, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is. Um, he is respectful of his family. He doesn't do things that make him gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was that was one of the the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, well, interesting. You haven't brought this up, but I think initially why I felt so um, why I felt so bleak was that I initially seeing that half the country voted for him. I'll, I was just thinking about all of the things that he has done and said and stands for. And I was equating everyone who supported him as having those same characteristics and mm-hmm. values. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly I felt like, I honestly felt dizzy. Like, and I mean, just like my foundation was shook just thinking that, oh my gosh, I live in a country where half the people, although it's actually a quarter because half the people in the country didn't vote, mm-hmm. please vote, <laughs> um, were also racist and misogynist and bigots. Mm-hmm. And that that is using much too wide a brush. I, I have thought much about this since then, but I'm just saying my initial gut reaction, I was so scared about that. And I was also feeling scared about what behaviors would be either um, accepted or like condoned or even promoted under him because Mm -hmm. of the actions that we've seen before. So Mm -hmm. initially for me, that was, I felt so 
just scared and sad for, I mean, basically anyone who's not a white male. Yeah. It felt like any other groups and, um, and I just, you know, I just in my own circles and different things, I just saw minority groups, people of color, um, gay people, transgender people saying that they honestly felt scared for Mm -hmm. themselves and their families living under that presidency. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and that just sickened me and made me just feel so sad. Like that's not the kind of country that I want to live in. Yeah. Yeah. And you've thought, and it sounds like your, your thinking has evolved on that to some extent. Yeah. Um, I don't know just kind of how long that took me maybe towards the end of Wednesday. Um, just thinking more about that. Um, yeah, I had, I had to realize, no, just because someone voted for him does not mean that they practice any or all of those behaviors. It doesn't even mean that they condone them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just started thinking about all the different types of people that would have voted for him. You know, I mean, initially, I'm just thinking of, you know, a a, a white male, like, supportive of the KKK, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's at the extreme. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, but there there's a lot of other, you know, different people that come from lots of different backgrounds. Um, In fact, on the Washington Post, there was a, a Muslim immigrant woman who made her case for why she voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. And then actually another uh, thing that happened is on Thursday. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember when it was, or maybe it was Wednesday. I can't remember now. Anyway, no, Friday. It was Veterans Day. I hugged a Trump supporter. (laughs) Let me say more. We had seen our neighbor coming down the street to check his mail. Um, uh, A man probably in his 60s. We've, you know interacted with him. He's a really great neighbor, great to our kids, like has dropped off stuff that his grandkids are yeah, done we with. we love and, him. He's awesome. I mean, when, yeah. When our garage door is open, he comes and closes it mm-hmm. for us. Like if we forgot to close it when we go to work. Just, just <laughs> that kind of thing. great, great neighbor. Yeah. Um, and I went just to say hi to him and he just said, how's it going? And, you know, I said, okay, but I'm having a hard time this week. And he was like, why is that? And I said, the election. I'm just really... I'm really devastated. And he said, Oh, don't be Trump is going to fix this country. And, you know, and I was like, Oh man, I kind of was like thinking I kind of suspected, yeah. like I kind of had wondered if he had voted that way. And I had been kind of thinking, so maybe this is partly why I went to even say hi and chat with him that, um, anyway, lots of thoughts, around the same time I'm thinking of how do I go forward from this? And there are, it just feels like there are difficult conversations, difficult conversations to be had that maybe I need to be better about engaging in anyway. And we went on to have a completely civil conversation where Mm -hmm. we both listened to each other. And um, it did give me some insight. He was saying, you know, what's the most important thing? And he said, the economy. He, his perspective was the economy is bad or terrible. People are losing jobs and we need a businessman running this country. Mm -hmm. That was what he was saying. 
when I brought up all of the terrible things um, that this man has done and said, he kind of, kind of the thing, more the perspective of, oh, you can't really believe everything that someone, you know, says. And also you can't look at someone's past. You just need to see how they're capable for the future. And I said, I mean, well, then you can't stand up all these terrible things that you want to say about Hillary if you are going to erase those all from Donald Trump. Um, And anyway, it just gave me some perspective. Like he was not voting. Yes, I want to vote a racist into office, which initially that was what made me so sick. Mm -hmm. And so that helped a tiny bit. I still am very... Honestly, I feel troubled and I'm grappling with and I'm not sure if it's something I can reason away um, that that people are willing to vote for him if they feel like they're voting for the economy, for immigration, for these things, but they're willing to accept someone who has exhibited these characteristics of someone who is racist and misogynist and mm-hmm. bigoted. Yeah. I. I have a very hard time with that. Mm-hmm. So, and I, th- I think that's a, a legitimate concern. the uh, The woman who wrote in the Washington Post was saying, basically, I've heard all the things Trump says, but Trump wants to be tough on ISIS and terrorism, and Hillary won't even call it Islamic extremism. Um, and also, the Clinton Foundation accepted donations from Qatar and Saudi Arabia, which this person, you know, believes is supporting ISIS or has in some way or terrorism in some way in the past. So like, again, a totally not related to the Trump, the man and the, and the individual behaviors mm-hmm. more him as a, as a potential change agent and mm-hmm. the things people are hoping that he'll do as president, regardless of him, the individual people are just discounting that. Right. So that's the real divide. And that's, I think what, you know, it sounds like some people's logic mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. um, so that that yeah that is troubling, but I I understand that divide. I, I can at least I can have the insight into that logic. The other thing that initially really terrified me um, is Trump's. He's actually exploring how to get out of COP twenty one, which is um, the Conference of Nations uh, focus on on climate change and mitigating emissions over time. And um, that was a it was the first they've done this many years now, but COP21 was a major landmark agreement because there's legally binding Mm -hmm. targets that all these countries signed on to, including the United States. And he's looking to see how to pull the United States out of that. Mm -hmm. Me being concerned about sustainability as a true scientifically valid existential existential threat to humanity Mm -hmm. (laughs) makes me concerned. At least it did. I'm over that. And I will tell you why it's, I've had the wildest evolution um, on this whole thing. Um, but I've yeah, gone because that, that was something for me too. I, you know, people are starting to post what he plans to do in his first 100 days. And as I read through, the environmental measures just made me sick. Mm-hmm. Like it made me feel sick to my stomach. It yeah. made me like want to cry again. So yeah, yeah. I, I've thought some more about it too. Um, I still, I still think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't just feel, I mean, just because like, I don't feel terrible anymore. It's not to say in any way that I'm 
like even okay with it. I'm just, I'm not in the depths of bleak as I was Mm -hmm. because I just, I think my default nature is optimism Mm -hmm. and happy. And so I just, I think my, my whole body is doing everything it can to like churning, churning, like get out of that. Like the gears are turning. How can we figure out how to get ourselves out of this because yeah, that's just not yeah. a sustainable and it's not a productive place. Yeah. It was it was good for one or two days. And and I've been, you know, I think we've both like read some about that. I mean, people need to mourn and grieve. Mm-hmm. This was a huge blow to many, many people. Half the country. Yeah. Over half yeah. the country. So I I wanted to mention the the stages I've gone through because okay. my, the evolution has been staggering for me. Um at first I felt as terrible as you. Like I, I literally also felt physically sick. Mm-hmm. I kind of cried in a meeting the next day at work mm-hmm. actually. And I wasn't the only one to be honest, although I'm an academic, so it's liberal leaning. So there were other liberals mm-hmm. who were feeling as upset about it, but I spent half a day fully mourning. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing like one.org and human rights campaign. These others that, mm-hmm. you know, I'll get emails from or am attached to saying, okay, this is a huge blow do something, do mm-hmm. something, do something. And articles on whatever website slate and stuff talking about how to do th- things individually. Don't just wallow, take action. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I, I told mm-hmm. you in the car, like I've had this change. I, I even um, kind of te- messaged a friend of mine who's very civically minded. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer and said, here are things that we're doing. I need actions now to take what, tell me what you think is best. And so you um, actually donated to mm-hmm. organizations that we feel need donations right about mm-hmm. now. Um, I actually reached out to our state's Democratic uh, Party to mm-hmm. see if there were things maybe I could run for or other ways I could get involved. Mm-hmm. Those, So that was my second stage was, okay, let's take action. And maybe I'm starting to feel hope that something is seemingly catastrophic as this, seemingly to the left side. Um, would galvanize action mm-hmm. and only action that that is good because people are going to come together to support each other. So mm-hmm. that's whether or not, you know, it, I hope it doesn't increase the divide, but that gets people acting. Mm-hmm. And so I took hope in that, that if Clinton was president, people could still be kind of complacent. Like, oh, the gridlock. Oh, things suck. I'll just keep voting my party mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. But Trump as president means I got to get my ass in gear. This is crazy. I need to go do something like mm-hmm. that. At least it gets people thinking and moving. Mm-hmm. but that still could possibly be divisive. Um, so, and then the third reaction I had <laughs> <laughs> is after reading some things and hearing some things on the radio, I realized, oh yeah, I'm totally being a smug liberal. And usually I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm not that. I'm more thoughtful than that. But this time I realized I have gone through those reactions where I thought, okay, half the country seems like they're approaching this totally ignorantly. Mm-hmm. Um, like the economic argument. I don't right. buy that, you know, or whatever, and, and, or that they're being conned by this con man. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely devalues the concerns of that half of the country mm-hmm. and assumes that and they're less smart. Yes. Yeah. And that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. They're, they're as smart as me, if not smarter, and they have as legitimate values as I do. Mm-hmm. As such, even if I'm not, if I've, you've already talked to, you know, a neighbor of ours who's a Trump supporter, I haven't, but um, I just need to back off and say, okay, this is democracy. Their values are now being expressed through this president. This is how it works. He is now our president. We'll see what happens. And I have concerns about it, but this is how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was sort of some acceptance there, but now I've come to a a place. Yes. There's a fourth (laughs) stage where I'm as concerned as I am excited 
about President Trump. What? <laughs> it's totally true. <laughs> this oh is where boy. I told all my all our right leaning. I think you've gone off the deep end. No, no. Okay, check this out. So, right leaning listeners, this is where you get to tap back in. And and okay, I've admitted my smug liberalness, and I'm past that now. Final reaction, I'm potentially excited. Let's say he pulls out a COP21. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I was actually most concerned about. Mm-hmm. I believe when it comes to the environment that there is so much inertia worldwide, like China's signed on to this. I mean, mm-hmm. all of the European nations have signed on to this. There's so much inertia that one, and I read this somewhere, one party pulling out is not going to change that agreement, mm-hmm. even though we're a major, obviously, right. polluter. There's so much inertia that pulling out really just hurts the U.S. standing and won't probably, it could only be temporary because the world is going that direction and the U.S. will simply lag Mm -hmm. if we don't follow suit. Also, business entities, I think, are are part of that inertia. Mm -hmm. So as an example, and this is just a quick tangent, but I think it's really important. COP21, there were business entities there, including utility companies. And one story I heard coming out of that was utility companies need to decide now if they're going to pour, say, like $40 billion into building a new coal-powered Uh, power plant um, because if in 40 years it's obsolete they're still paying on that thing Mm -hmm. that's a bad business move Mm -hmm. if the whole world just outside the US is moving that direction Mm -hmm. they can't go that direction anymore Mm -hmm. so frankly I think if Trump goes that route he can maybe but Mm -hmm. it's antiquated and it won't last Mm -hmm. okay so whatever Um, I think you know a number of the other potential concerning things divisiveness and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. Like I said, this galvanizes action. Mm-hmm. And I think hopefully people get more civically involved for real, not mm-hmm. just voting. Voting, frankly, that's your weakest involvement civically. I know everybody's like, oh, you're right to vote. Great. That's awesome. Do something with your time, maybe even your money. Mm-hmm. That's for real. That's engaged democracy. And, yeah. and I didn't think that way before. I've only ever voted. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I have to go do something. Yeah. That's cool. But then the final thing is, He's so seemingly divisive that it's driving people like us to think we're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. We're way on the left, not talking to the right. Mm-hmm. We need to understand values across the divide. And now it's time for us to actually do that. That's yeah. also being civically engaged. Park my values at the door. Let me talk to you and understand yours. Where's the actual compromise? So mm-hmm. hopefully, because more than half the country voted for Hillary, mm-hmm. but by Barely at all. Mm-hmm. Well, it, w- it was half the voter. So it's a quarter of the population, actually. Right. So who knows how the rest right. would vote? Right. So it's, it, it's uh, on both of us, the left mm-hmm. and the right, to equally engage in the other. Nobody has a quote-unquote mandate. Mm-hmm. Okay, Trump doesn't have a mandate because more than the, he lost the popular mm-hmm. vote. Hillary supporters don't have a mandate that, hey, this was stolen from us. No, we both have to listen to each other legitimately, and it's time for compromise across the divide. So anyway, that's where I'm at. I'm super excited. <laughs> super Let's excited. do this fucking democracy thing. Let's go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, you brought up something that was also something that I was thinking so much about on Wednesday. I mean, just that I'm still thinking about. Um, just like you said, this surprise that so many people would vote for him and me feeling like I cannot fathom how you'd arrive at that conclusion. And so, yes, yeah, so I don't understand, you know, what felt like half the pop, half the population. And, um, and just, yeah, just like you said, not feeling good about that, you know, like not wanting to, I don't want to just discount people because they don't believe the same thing as me. That is why we're in this situation that we're in. Um, but then feeling like, 
I, it feels so polar opposite. How do we even have those conversations? How do we find compromise? Mm -hmm. You know? And I guess just my conversation with our neighbor was a, a, you know, a great place to start and a great example. Neither of us walked away with our minds changed at all. Mm -hmm. Something that I liked that I was able to say that he brought up. I know that he's a hunter and he said, Hillary wants to take away all our guns and like people on this side want to take all away all our guns. And I said, I believe in reasonable gun control. I don't want to take away all your guns. And, you know, he tried to say that. And I said, like, that's not what she said. And that's not what everyone on, you know, voting Democrat would think. I am scared about people with guns coming into elementary schools, to workplaces, into the public. Sandy Hook, that should never, ever, ever happen. And can't we both agree that that is unacceptable on every level? And so we should be able to go from there, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. I, I felt really, it was nice to be able to to challenge that. Um and it makes me want to have more information like that, not because I want to just win arguments, but because I want to be able to have intelligent conversations like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is so emotional and you can't just go to, well, I feel like this is right or I don't believe in that. Like, you know, you need to, you need to be able to, to speak about it and, and give some examples and not just like anecdotes too. Cause I yes. felt that he was kind of doing that some like using one anecdote to mm -hmm. then come to a conclusion. And I was kind of wishing like I kind of had some more information yeah. to share, but, but, but anyway, just, just even that we were just talking and he said, he was like, things are going to be great. Let's talk in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And I was and you know, and it was great too. And I said, you know what? I am going to try to be open and, um, that if there's good things that come out of it, I don't want to be the kind of person that's going to say, no, I'm just going to hate everything that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, but like, I'm going to be open. You also on your side need to be willing to stand up for things that aren't right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and, and that's the thing, like, I was, you know, I was joking about this, the whole real genius scene, like Socrates drank the hemlock because his state demanded it of him. We are, we are subject, not subject, but we are beholden to the new president. Trump is our president. He was democratically elected. It wasn't rigged. It was for real. Mm -hmm. And so we, he deserves, I guess, from that perspective, an open mind for leadership. It doesn't mean I have to you know, obviously wholesale support anything and everything he does. I could support absolutely nothing he does and mm -hmm. fight vigorously against it through my action and my future votes mm -hmm. and perhaps our time and money. Um, and it doesn't mean I have to respect him, the man in any way, cause I never will. He, I, I utterly disrespect that man, but he's our president. So he, I have to be open-minded to see what he does. And, and I, in other words, I guess, even though I have those feelings, it's, I'm not doing the never Trump thing, the mm -hmm. not my president thing, because mm -hmm. he's our president. It, that's democracy. He is our president. Mm -hmm. Um, one big thing though, kind of, mm -hmm. if we're kind of getting to that point that I, that made me think of, you know, from what you're just saying, mm -hmm. there's this whole cult of personality thing that he's drummed up and that Hillary's almost drummed up in sort of a negative and sort of the negative way. And I guess what I mean by this is, 
it's hard to have civil conversations about issues when the the huge personalities and all their flaws and all their individual stuff mm, like comes along with them. it. Yeah. So Hillary wants to take all my guns away. Trump said he wants to grab women by the blank, mm-hmm. right? All mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Okay, remove those people because now those people, it doesn't matter. Trump's mm-hmm. the president and Hillary is mm-hmm. not in the picture. What are the policies now that come forth from that? And mm-hmm. let's have discussions about that. Mm-hmm. And that's where... I think you can, if you move away from the people, the, the people have these narratives. I think yeah. that sully the conversation. Mm. That's, I think, a really difficult thing. So I think my one big thing, just to sort of spark this in me, mm-hmm. is just moving directly into the policy, its application, the evidence for those policies, and how it impacts people, mm. regardless of who's setting them. Mm. So looking forward into 2017 because Mm -hmm. we love to make you know sit down and like talk about our goals for the year and stuff like how are you thinking about going forward I guess that's that's like kind of my one big thing I didn't actually come up with one specifically but I am I was already starting to think about the new year I love to think about kind of the new year and making intentions and goals and this is kind of just yeah shaking that up a little bit and um yeah has me thinking that yeah, just how I want to take action on this in 2017. So yeah, I was just wondering what kind of you've been thinking about. Two things. One is I think I want to perhaps I'll investigate getting involved in politics, perhaps Mm -hmm. running for some office, the next opportunity there is low level to be involved in that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think I've been, I've thought a lot about politics for so long. And if there's something that makes sense, I might be interested in getting engaged in that somehow. Second is my personal behavior. And espousing this to others as well. So um, I read an article that was a response to the election and and the author was saying, for example, he listed a bunch of things. You know, if you're worried about this, do this. If you're worried Mm -hmm. about that, do that. In other Mm -hmm. words, take action. Mm -hmm. One of them was, hey, if you're worried about the impact on climate, like if we pull out of these agreements and and Trump is more liberal with Mm -hmm. industries, whatever else, um, then why don't you focus on how much you drive? Why mm-hmm. don't you focus on the types of foods you choose to eat? Because those things are more impactful environmentally than what government does. And this is the biggest thing. Oh man. Oh, this is my other big thing <laughs> is government is an edifice. That's all it is with all the concern about the government makes it feel like it has all the power, mm-hmm. but that's the main difference about the United States than and compared to so many other countries, is that the people have the power. Mm-hmm. All government does is create policy levers that then industries, organizations, and individuals get to pull mm-hmm. to try to make change or improve their situation. Mm-hmm. That's it. So government has a tiny place, and we and our actions have the power to do the real things mm-hmm. on the ground. Yeah. So my blog, the stuff I talk about, the stuff I teach about at ASU is all about personal behaviors it's mainly focused on health obviously but in sustainability as well mm-hmm. i'm going to try to be teaching people that yes influence government through your involvement your civic involvement but focus on how you behave because collectively we as consumers have the greatest impact on our lives mm-hmm. and the environment um far more than government so mm-hmm. that's that's my takeaway for 2017 okay i like it um yeah i am I want to investigate a few different organizations and just see what 
feels like the right fit for me right now and just kind of figure out what sort of time commitment I, you know, we've talked more recently that I feel pretty strapped for time and I don't (laughs) want to, um, I had actually been thinking about for 2017 that my goal is not to take on anything new and just to really invest in what I already have going on. What's already so important to me. This is so important to me. So I feel like this might be an exception, but Anyway, I, I just want to be careful about a time commitment that I take on, but um, but it is something I want to be involved in. You know, I'm, I might want to come up with a few things, even like saving, having our senators' email addresses, like where we can get in touch with them easily, our house mm-hmm. representatives. And when something um, bothers me or I'm really in support of something, sending them a message. Yeah. I, I mean, I always kind of feel like that doesn't really make a difference, but just because it feels like, oh, they must get so many and whatever. But you know what? That's that's something like that they are representing me and mm-hmm. there are people that are emailing them. And if they're not hearing of, you know, what what I'm in support of, I mean, I I, I feel like that could make me feel like I'm taking action anyway. Yeah, and, and Arizona is a very confused state politically yeah. right now, and, and you never know who else is emailing mm-hmm. our representatives and what sort of proportions of for right. or against different positions yeah. there may be. So I think that's a great action to take. Yeah, so I think that, I mean, maybe even just um, figuring out how I can be more aware of how our state representatives are, what they stand for, and how they're voting, um, you know, kind of those issues there, because... Mm-hmm you do just kind of have more power as the politics gets more and more local. Um, so that's something. And then, yeah, an organization, you know, looking into Arizona Democrats. Um, I, but I'm also interested in organizations that might be something like um, just minority rights, um, LGBTQ equality, just something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So figuring out, figuring out something like that. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Let's get in it. Let's get in it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're definitely in a, a a bit of a better place than we were on Tuesday night and on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, um, had some time to process. So, anyway, this was a this is a great discussion. I'm glad we made time for this. Yeah, me too. All right. So, you can find show notes for hopefully this episode and all past episodes. We're a little bit behind, but we're going to work this week to get all up to date, guys. So love and matrimony, that's M-O-N-E-Y.com. And you can find both Chris and myself on Instagram. I am Kels Wharton, W-H-A-R-T-O-N. And Chris is Practically Awesome Chris. And we're reminding you to actually love, respect, and be deferential to the strangers on the opposite side of the political spectrum for real. And love your honey, not your money. I still like to refer to him as Ivanka's dad.